say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Reben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we declare that your word will land on good ground, that our hearts are open, our ears are attentive to what you are going to say to us. So as I back up, I thank you for the Holy Spirit to step up and teach your people your word. And I declare that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow our lives. And as the seed of your word is planted, impossibilities will become possible. And we thank you in advance. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. We've been talking about it that 2015 is going to be a year of expansion. And the word expansion means to enlarge. Say enlarge. It means to increase. Say increase. It means to magnify. Say that. In other words, God wants to see us have more, experience more, and grow more. And I believe today I've discovered a principle. Say principle. I've discovered a principle that I believe will help each believer grow in the manifestations of God's promises in their lives. In other words, this particular principle, I believe when you apply it to your life, you will see more of God's promises in your life. Because what I've discovered is many believers, they see an inconsistency of the promises of God in their life. And I don't believe our lives are supposed to be like that. How many believe that God is a constant God? God is a consistent God. God is a God of steadiness. And if God is that way, then his promises are that way. And if I'm not experiencing the promises on a consistent basis, then maybe, just maybe, there's something I'm not doing. Amen. So if you're taking notes today, the message title is, Who Are You in Agreement With? Who are you in agreement with. I heard a story about two guys who debated their whole life of whether Jesus was black or white. So they made an agreement. Say agreement. They made an agreement that whoever died first, they would be able to ask and see whether Jesus was black or white. It just so happens that both of them died on the same day. And so they stood in the pearly gates of heaven And they were greeted by St. Peter. And before Peter could even greet them, they both said, "Uh, Excuse me, Peter, is Jesus black or white? And before he could even respond, Jesus walked up and he said to them, Buenos dias. (laughs) Jesus is Mexican. (laughs) If you have your Bibles, find Matthew 18. Matthew 18. 
And we're going to look at verse 18, and then we're going to look in Genesis chapter 11. That was Matthew 18. We're going to start in verse 18, and then Genesis chapter 11, verses 1. Now, in the Bible, when you see the word agree, it means to be harmonious. In other words, think about agreement as to harmonize. When you hear people singing, if someone is off, it throws the whole song off. In other words, when you're not in harmony, whoever or whatever is not in harmony sticks out in the, uh, outside of the, the, the group. And so the word in, in the Bible, uh, agree means to harmonize. And it also means this. It means to agree by making a bargain. Now, I thought that was interesting. So what I did, I looked up the word bargain in the dictionary, and this is what it means. It means an agreement, say agreement. It means a, an agreement between parties settling what each shall give and take, perform and receive in a transaction. In other words, the word uh, agreement in the Bible means to be harmonious, but it also means to make a bargain or to make an agreement between parties on what each shall do and receive or perform and uh, uh, receive a transaction. So I looked and I said, you know what? Many of us, we want God to do his part, but we get frustrated. And so I'm going to show you some keys this morning to agreement because most of the time we start believing, but we stop agreeing. Look in Matthew 18. Watch verse 18, what it says. This is Jesus talking. He says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall bind on earth, or whatsoever you shall bind on earth, shall be bound where? In heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth, shall be loose where? Notice now where the binding and the loosing takes place. He didn't say, Whatever you bind in heaven, it'll be bound on earth. No, he says, Whatever you bind on earth, shall be bound. In other words, he's saying, I will do what you want me to. He says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse 19. Again, I say unto you that if two. Now, notice the word in verse 19. He says again, which means he's about to repeat what he said in this verse that he said in the previous verse. He may just say it differently. He says again, I say unto you that if how many? How many? If two of you. Shall what? Agree. If two of you will be harmonious, if you will agree on the same thing on earth as touching anything, that they shall what? Ask. Notice now, in order for you to receive what you want, you have to ask. And then he says, it shall be done for them of my father. Now, I'm going to read this out of the message translation because I believe it helps us better. It says, take this most seriously. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. What you say to one another is eternal. Verse 19. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. Now watch this in the Amplified. It gets even better. He says, Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on the earth must be what it is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth 
must be what it is already permitted in heaven. In other words, he's saying in that he's saying it this way that you can't ask on earth what God don't want you to have in heaven. Okay, if you're already married and you're asking God for another wife, God don't hear that. It didn't even go to heaven. It just got out of your lips. That's it. And see, I've discovered that many people, we start believing God for his promises, but they don't stay, we don't stay in agreement with what God wants to give them. In other words, if it's taking too long or if it looks too hard for God, then we get out of agreement. Now, Genesis 18, you don't have to turn there. Genesis 18, this was talking about Abraham and Sarah. And so God had came to them and told them they were going to have a baby. And so in verse 13, he says to Abraham, he says, And the Lord said to Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Shall I surely bear a child which I am old? This is what she was saying. And then verse 14, God said, Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And when you and I begin to think or feel if it's too big for God, we don't realize we are slowly getting out of agreement with what he wants. It's not up to us to determine how God's going to do it. That's his part. Our part is to stay in agreement, stay harmonious with what he said. And as I, watch this, as we stay steady, we'll see the promise. But what we do, we hop in and out of agreement. And here's why. Most of us are driven by emotions. So if that day we feel good about it, then God's going to do it. If there are no challenges in our life that day, we feel good. But if our circumstances around us begin to rise up, then we tend to get out of agreement. That's what happened to Peter. When Peter was in the boat, Jesus was walking on the water. He looked and he, he saw that it was Jesus. He says, if that's you, Master, allow me to come on the water and walk. The Bible says, Jesus said, come. Peter got out of the boat and the Bible says he began to walk on the water. I don't know how far he got, but the Bible says, but when he saw that the winds and the waves around him began to be real rough, the Bible says he began to sink. Well, my question is, if it wasn't wind and if it wasn't rain and if the, if the water wasn't rough, you couldn't walk on it anyway in the natural so, so why looking at it, why should that cause me to stop doing it? It's because he allowed his five senses to take control of the situation. And that's what causes you and I to get out of agreement with God is because we, we allow what our five senses dictate. Now, this is interesting, uh, and I only have one point today, and I'm going to drive this point home. Here's the first point and the only point. Agreement produces the possible or the impossible. Agreement produces the possible or the impossible. You know, Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believe. Okay, so he didn't say some things are possible. He said all. So let me ask you a question. What is not included in all? Anything? I mean, if you had one kidney... And you needed two to live. I know you only need one. But if, you, if they said to you, look, because of your breathing capacity, you need two lungs. And one is not working. I believe if you needed one like that, God could create one. 
Now, see, many of us go, well, I don't see God doing that. Well, that's why he's not going to do it. Agreement produces the possible and impossible. In other words, being in agreement will cause something to happen or nothing to happen, depending on who you are in agreement with. Genesis chapter 11. Go to Genesis 11. Genesis 11. Now, this particular story is, is, is fantastic because it shows us how powerful agreement is. And if I can just get married couples to just stay on the same page. God could do some amazing things in your lives and in your relationships and in your family. But see, the enemy smart. Just like he went to Adam and Eve and caused them, watch this, to get out of agreement. That's all he did. Because see, the Bible, you know, uh, you know uh, how many watch good times growing up? Anybody's watched good times? Yeah, you're good and old, that's why. No, they still reshow some of them now. But, you know, J.J. used to say something like this, together we stand. Divided, we fall. We tighter than pantyhose. Two sizes small. <laughs> if I could just get married people to be and stick like pantyhose that are two sizes small, man, nothing would be impossible with you. But all the enemy wants to do is to do what he did to Adam and Eve and get us indivisioned. Because a house divided within itself will not stand. That is Jesus' interpretation of J.J., all right? Genesis 11, look in verse 1. It says, And the whole earth was one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east. They found some land. So they decided to stay there. Verse 3. And they said to one another, Go. Let's make some brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had some brick for stone and slime for mortar. And they, notice it keeps saying they. And they said, let's go up and build a city and a tower whose top may reach heaven. And let us, notice that say us now, let us make a name for ourselves, basically. Lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Look at verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city. And the tower which the children of men had built. And the Lord said, he said, watch this now, this is good. Behold, the people are one. What God was saying is, they're in agreement. Now, watch this, they're in agreement for the wrong reason. They're trying to access heaven illegally. God didn't give them permission to come up there where he lived. He said, no, 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 you're not breaking into my house. They're trying to access heaven illegally. Watch this. And they're trying to make a name for themselves. But see, God told Abraham in verses later, he says, you know what? I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a blessing. And I'm going to make your name great. So it's not really our job to make our name great. That's God's job. So basically what I'm trying to show you is that these individuals were doing something for the wrong reason. So let's see what happened. So now in verse 5, God came down to see the tower and he said, Behold, the people are one. They all have one language. And this, they, notice it says they, begin to do. And now, what's the next word, class? Come on, class. What is it? He says, Nothing will be restrained from them. He says, Nothing will be restrained from them from which they have imagined to do. 
God was saying, even though what they are doing is illegal and they're doing it for the wrong motive, he said, if I don't stop them, they're going to get it done. Now just think about, they were using agreement. That's the principle that got them there. They just stayed in agreement. They, I, could, I could just see them building and somebody on the sideline going, well, I'm tired, we ain't going to never make it. And somebody going, you better come on. They stayed in agreement. So the only way God could stop them is when he confused their language. Amen. So you see, any form of agreement starts with a verbal commitment. I'm going to break agreement down because I need you to understand how powerful this principle is. Because when you learn how to agree, watch this now, with this. When you learn how to agree with God and in his word, then guess what? Whatever you're in agreement with will come to pass. Some people, they don't want to step out and stand on the word as the word because they are fearful it won't happen. Well, here's the thing. If God's word is not true, then we're in jeopardy of heaven. I mean, it, listen to me, I'm going to break it down for you. If some of God's promises work and some of them don't, then which ones do and which ones don't? Because maybe the one of heaven don't work. Okay, so you have to make a decision. Either I'm going to believe that all of them work Oh, I'm going to have to believe that none of them work. Now, let me ask you a question. Which one do you want to believe? I want to believe that they all work. And you know what? If they all work and they are not working, it's not something that God is not doing. It may be something you and I are not doing. So now it takes the hook off of God because most people, you know, they get upset with God when he doesn't move the way they want to. But it's not a, notice here, in fact, go back to Genesis. You're in Genesis? Go back to Genesis. I want to show you something. When I read this, I thought it stuck out a little bit. Uh, Genesis uh, chapter 18. I just read this, but something just stuck out to me that I read that I didn't read to you. Genesis 18. Look at verse 11. This is that story of Abraham and Sarah, but I wanted to go back because it just popped up in me here. It says, now Abraham, verse 11, and Sarah were old and stricken in age, and it caused, uh, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. She couldn't have a baby. She had no eggs, zero eggs. Therefore, Sarah laughed with it herself. She says, man, I'm old. Verse 13, and the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Shall I surely bear a child when I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Watch this. At the time appointed, I will return unto you. And according to the time of life, she will have a son. God was saying, I'm going to make it happen. You just got to wait on me. See, sometimes when we are in a rush for God to do it, we do what Abraham did. And we, we come up with counterfeits. See, the way you can know is if who you're dating is a counterfeit, all you got to do is look and see if their life lines up with Scripture. If they're not even saved, you are out of agreement with the Word. Come on now. Fifty Shades of Grey. That movie should have been banned from singles 
Now, even married people, you, you, know, you, you know, but I'm just saying, look at your neighbor and say, did you watch the movie? And look at him again and say, you don't go. I mean, it's already hard enough to be single and you're going to go watch a movie like that? Oh, I see some faces. Okay. <laughs> Notice he says, God said, at the time appointed. So some things God needs to work in us, through us, and out of us. Can you say amen to that? All right. So, uh, the... Any form of agreement starts with a verbal commitment or a promise. Now, remember, the, the Bible definition means to uh, bargain or when two parties settle on something that needs to be done. So here is how agreement works. If you're taking notes, you may want to write this down. This is how agreement works. First of all, agreement has five uh, components to it. Here's the first one. Before there's agree agreement, it has to be made with a verbal or a written commitment. In other words, before you can agree on something, somebody has to say something or somebody has to write up something. That's what uh, a, an agreement is, has another name for it in the world called a contract. So before you can sign the contract and agree to it, one has to be written. So number one, it has to be verbal or written. Here's number two. Here's the second component of agreement is that it needs to be understood by all parties. In other words, when agreement is made, then you and I must make uh, 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 at least understand what the functions of, of the agreement are. And once I understand what my part is, and you understand what your part is, then the next one, which is component number three, is that we need to now commit to doing it. So whatever my part is and whatever your part is, whatever God's part is, then each of us have to commit to doing that part. Here's number four. Number four, then after we do our part in, or commit to doing it in, verse, in number three, then you have to show some actions to show that you're in agreement with what's being said. In other words, if you show no action to what was said, then that shows that you're not in agreement with what was said. So most believers are not in agreement with God's word because they don't do what it says. No, no, you, you, you can say you, you can believe it, but you haven't made a commitment. Well, watch this, I'm going to use a different word. You're not in agreement with it, therefore you do nothing. Amen. Here's number five. This is the one where most people get off the bandwagon of agreement with God. Is that we have to manage our beliefs. We have to manage our attitude and we have to manage or control our thoughts. Why? Because, see, it's our thought life and our, and our uh, heart life and our belief and our attitude that can mess us up. In fact, go to Matthew 20. Go to Matthew 20. Uh, people's attitude makes a big difference of whether they see God's promises come in your life. Because, see, you can do all four of these. You can do all five of these. But if you don't do number five, let me show you what happens. You ever told your kid to go clean up their room? They made a commitment to do it. They said they would do it. They understood what to do. But if they don't have a good attitude toward it, they can still go and do it. But their attitude is bad. You know what that's saying? Their heart's bad. Well, we can do what God says with a bad attitude. And even though we fulfill all four of these components, really the main one, because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, life flows out of our heart. So if on the inside our attitudes are bad, 
but we're waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. Girl, you married yet? No. I'm waiting on the Lord. You changed jobs yet? Man, please. God told me to stay here. I don't know why. I hate my boss. I hate this place. I ain't getting paid enough, but I'm staying because the Lord told me to stay. Well, let me say this. You're going to stay there until Jesus comes, until you straighten your attitude out. Okay, let's put it in the natural. Oh, you don't think God's like that. You think God will bypass your negative and stinky attitude. You think he'll bypass that and say, oh, I'm still going to bless him. Okay, let's take it in the natural. Let's say you went to work every day, negative, upset, talk about your boss. You gave him those ugly looks and, and you know, you know, you're just negative. And they, uh, can you, would you please uh, send that report to me on Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Do you think you're in line for promotion? Not at all. So if it works on the man's side, watch this, Matthew 20. Look at verse 1. This is long, but I'm going to jump in real quick. For the kingdom of heaven is like a, unto a man that is a householder. He went out early in the morning to hire some laborers into the vineyard. And when he had agreed, say agreed. When he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And they went out in the third hour. He saw some more people sitting idle in the marketplace. He said to them, hey, come work for me in the vineyard. And he says, I will give to you. And so they just went on their way. He didn't even tell them how much he was going to give them. He said, just go and do it. Verse 5, again, he went out about the 6th and the ninth hour. He did likewise. And then verse 6, it says, he went out about the 11th hour. He went out and found others standing idle. And he said unto them, why stand here idle? They said, look, because no man has hired us. He said, go into my vineyard, and whatever is right, I'm going to give it to you. So when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto the steward, hey, call in everybody and give them what I, what I want to pay them. From the beginning, watch this, from the last unto the first. And when they came and they were hired, well, about the 11th hour, these were the last people, they received everybody a penny. Let me ask you something. Did they receive the first thing that he told them, the first people? He told the first people, I'm going to give you a penny. But here it is. These people came at the last hour. They may have only worked 30 minutes. But he still gave them the same amount. So let's see what happened to the attitude of the people. Who were hired first, verse 10. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house saying, Wait a minute, these last people, they only worked an hour. And you gave them what you gave us? Verse 13. And he asked one of them, Friend, I didn't do you wrong. Didn't you not agree? Say agree. Didn't you not agree with me for a penny? Their attitude became bad because what they saw this man do for others, they expected him, watch this, to do what they wanted when they had already agreed up front. In other words, their attitude got the best of them. So the key to staying in agreement, because here's the, here's the gut of what I'm talking about right here. The key to staying in agreement with God and his word, is, is, it has like four or five steps to it. Here's the first step, is that we must first agree to what his word says. He, he has given us a written contract. He's given us a written, uh, so we can't forget it. God's word ain't going to change. So he's given, it, he's given it to us written. And watch this. And then he says, come to church and I'll talk to you about what I wrote. I'll say it verbally too. 
So he made a, a verbal and a written contract. So the first thing we need to do is agree to it. Then once we agree, in order to, watch this, stay in agreement, you got to trust. See, in order for God to do his part, I have to stay in agreement. But if for me to stay in agreement, I have to now trust you, trust God, to do his part. And that's where most people go wrong. Because we are not on the same timetable that God is on. And so when God doesn't come through exactly when we want to, then we fall out of agreement with God when the agreement didn't give us a timetable. No, no, no. God did not tell you you would get married. Now, he might do this for some people. But he didn't tell you you're going to get married on April 1st, 2016. Now, the only way that that commitment is true is if somebody has proposed to you and they have set the date to get married for that day. But for the most part, no, God will just give you a promise because sometimes there are some things that need to be worked out for him to fulfill it. When he told me I was going to marry somebody who was not American, I had no way of him trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out, how is he going to do that? Well, that's not my job. I didn't say, well, Lord, how long is it going to be? Uh, I'm 23 at the time or whatever it was. But see, in my heart, though, I had this thing that I said, okay, Lord, I, I want to be married by 30. Now, I didn't demand that of the Lord. I just said, that's when I think I'm, I'll be ready because I got saved at 20. So it took 10 years to get that foolishness out of me. No, no, you don't, you don't, you don't want that person to marry a fool now. How many, how many were a fool, you know, growing up, you know, just young, young and just wild and yeah, 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 yeah. So God needed to get, so I got somebody waving back. <laughs> if God doesn't wait for you and I to mature with certain things, then when we get it, we'll lose it. I mean, if he were to, some of y'all really think you're ready to go, who, who in here is single? Let me see your hand if you're single. Oh, I'm talking to you right now. Some of you are thinking, you know, I'm ready to get married. If you really knew if you were ready or not, if you really knew, or if you saw yourself like God sees you, you'd be like, oh, my God, I need 20 more years. <laughs> my wife wrote, sometimes we want the situation to change, and God wants us to change in the situation. Yeah. Amen. So we got to get in agreement with God. And then when we get an agreement, we have to trust Him. And then number three, once we trust Him, in order to trust, here's the, here's the thing, we must relinquish control. If we're going to trust God with the desires of our heart, once we give those desires to Him, we must relinquish control now. We must say, okay, God... It is up to you. It is up to your timetable. I trust you. I don't care if I'm 99 years old getting married. I'm going to happily walk down the aisle. You must relinquish control. Here's number four. To relinquish control, we must believe that when we do our part, God will do his part. Now, here's something that's powerful. Watch this now. This is good. See, I got this piece right here. I got this from just listening to the CD from last week. So you got to listen to the word. And sometimes God will give you something from what was preached that ain't got nothing to do with what was preached. 
So let me tell you what I got out of Pastor Sarah's message last week. When you believe, something leaves. When you believe, something leaves. When the woman with the issue of God, with the issue of blood, the Bible says, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. When she believed and she touched it, watch this, Jesus says, something left my body. When you believe, something leaves. When you believe, the promise is released. Daniel, when he prayed, he prayed a long time. And the Bible says, you know, finally, you know, the angel showed up. And the angel said, you know what? I had answered. God dispatched the answer to your prayer the first day you prayed. But I had to fight through some principalities to bring you the answer. When you believe, something leaves. Amen. And so here is how you maintain your believing. Here's how. Because what happens is we, we start believing and then we stop. We get in agreement and then we get out. You know, we praying for our husband. He act up, so we just question God. We trust him, you know, for this new for this promotion and we get passed over. And so we go, well, you know, God's word don't work. What if there's a better job he's trying to get you to? If you're God sitting up on the throne and you're looking down on the situation and you have access to the future, if you have access to the future and you saw in that person's future, that job would end up being a hindrance to their spiritual and, and, and financial growth, but you saw another one that was better, wouldn't you want to kind of lead them down that one? This is why when you trust God, you have to relinquish control. Now, how do you continue to believe? Go to 2 Corinthians as we close. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. How do we relinquish con control? The best way to maintain your believing is to manage your thinking and monitor your words. See, we expect to think like trash but access the treasure. You, you can't think like trash and access the treasure. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4, look at verse 13. He says, we all have in the same spirit of faith. Notice that faith is a spirit. According as it is written. He says, I believed. Notice that's past tense. He says, I believed because I have spoken. Notice that's past tense. But then this is where we need to be to stay in agreement with God so he can do what he wants to do in our lives. It says we also believe, notice that's present tense, and therefore we what? That's how you can know if you're still in agreement with God. By listening to what you say. Watch this. And monitoring the thoughts of your mind because your mind will eventually contaminate your mouth. Many of us thinking, our thinking is trash. And so what we do to mask that, we still every now and then we'll say something like, but God's going to do it. If all I'm thinking about is, man, I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know. I ain't going to never make it. I mean, I'm just struggling all the time. God, I ain't going to never get married. Here it is. I'm 32 and a half years old. 32. You are a baby. Amen. I started pastoring at 40. Isn't that a little old to start over? 
I mean, I started a whole new occupation at 40 years old. That's kind of old. How many would start a whole nother job, a whole nother industry where you have to maybe go back to school, take some class and all that at 40? How many would do it? Just raise your hand. Yeah, very few. The rest of y'all saying, I'm, no, I'm staying at this job. I've been here 40 years. I'm not letting go. <laughs> Radio Shack, who has been around for years, just set up for bankruptcy. I hope it doesn't go through. But if it goes through, do you know that whoever worked at that company all those years loses all of their benefits, all of their retirement, all of their stock? It's gone. They worked for 40 years and it's gone. That's why you can't trust the system of man. Jesus said, don't lay up treasures on earth where moth and dust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And there are some people in the room, God is waiting on you, watch this now, not to just get in agreement with him, he's waiting on you to stay in agreement with him. And how are you going to stay in agreement? You're going to have to monitor your thinking, and you're going to have to manage your mouth. Everybody say, monitor my thinking, manage my mouth. Yeah, monitoring means, you know, how many got an alarm system at home? We're going to close right here. How many got an alarm system? See, the alarm system, somebody else is monitoring the activity of your home. They're monitoring it. And so if something goes wrong, there's an alarm that goes off. You get a phone call. Hey, Mr. Connor, uh, we saw some activity at your house, blah, blah, blah. That's monitoring. That's what you have to do with your thinking. So when your mind says, man, you ain't going to never get married. No, no, no. The Bible says, now, you got to take those thoughts captive. And so you have to say them out. This is how you take a thought captive. You, don't, you say it with your mouth. See, you can't think and talk at the same time, Harley. So when that thought says, hey, you know, you'll never get married, open up your mouth. Say, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. God's promised for my life I will be married. I'm going to trust him. He said he will give me the desires of my heart. And so, therefore, the desire for me is to be married in Jesus' name. <laughs> Tell you something, the devil, if you keep doing that, he's going to stop saying those, sending those thoughts because he's going to get tired of you saying that. And then you got to manage your mouth. If it doesn't line up with what God has said, I'm not going to say it. I don't care how much I feel. You know, this, this week I've been uh, having some uh, knee problems. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's age. I don't know. But, but you know, uh, everybody's asking me, Pastor, how you knee? Because, you know, I, I, I look like I was President Obama because, you know, I had this walk. But, but it was because my knee was hurting. <laughs> you know, I was wondering. <laughs> they said, well, yeah, that dude is cool. I was like, no, I'm hurting, you know. <laughs> and I found myself, because I'm, I'm not used to my knee hurting, so I found myself saying, oh, my knee is hurting, my knee is hurting. Oh, my God, my knee is hurting, my knee is hurting. My wife said, baby, how you doing? Oh, my knee is hurting, my knee is hurting. Okay. I said, well, Pastor, what do you say if your knee is hurting? I say, my faith, how's your knee? My faith is on it. My faith is on it. See, that keeps you from saying something that's, you, you, saying what you feel ain't helping you. So when they ask you at, at work, hey, you still believing for that promotion? Yeah, my faith is on that, girl. Still believing for that new car, man? Man, my faith is on it. How's your credit? My faith is on it. So I'm declaring in Jesus' name that each one of you 
will stay in agreement with God. You're going to stay in agreement with his, his purpose for your life. You're going to stay in agreement with what he's promised you. You're going to stay in agreement for what you believe in. You're going to stay in agreement regardless of what your circumstances say. And as you stay in agreement with his word, you will see healing. You will see deliverance. You will see promotion. You will see increase. You will see change in your situation. And I declare this, you know why? Because his word is not going to lie. And if you will receive it, say, I receive it. Come on, say it again, I receive it. Father, we receive your word. We receive, Father, that we will stay in agreement. And this week, prompt us when you see us getting out of agreement. Push us when you see us getting out of agreement. And I thank you that this year, our lives will expand because we've stayed in agreement with you. And it's in Jesus' name. Do you see? We receive that word. Just give the Lord a hand clap if you do. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life,